Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Today, um, we were talking in our Tuesday night class, and I told, told them I was trying to prepare a message, and I said, I have to think of something to talk about for between 5 and 35 minutes. And Dave High said, well, you can keep it towards the five minutes. That'd be great. <laughs> so, must have scared him off. I don't know. Uh, but it is a privilege, and uh, we're continuing today in the series of Kingdom Life Parables. I have the privilege of talking about the King of the Kingdom. And last week, Pastor Cameron shared on the kingdom and how it's very present in this world. We don't have to wait for eternity to enter the kingdom. We can start living in it right now. And also, the kingdom is a feast. It's a celebration. It's a place where we gather and are happy. I think of getting towards Thanksgiving time. It's like Thanksgiving dinner without all the family problems. (laughs) Or maybe in church we still do have the family problems sometimes. But anyway, it's a great time of thankfulness. It's a time when we worship our king. And it's a time where... um, as the kingdom, we can start living in his goodness. Today's parable is um, out of Luke 15. It's the parable of the lost son. And Jesus had been speaking and, and teaching. There had been tax collectors and other sinners that had gathered around to hear. And this upset the Pharisees. They couldn't understand why Jesus would be hanging out with sinners. And so he told a series of parables to address that very point. And he started with the parable of the lost sheep. A farmer had lost one sheep out of a hundred, and he had gone to search for it, and was filled with great joy when he, when he had found it. And then he told a parable about a lady who had ten coins, and she lost one, and she lit a lamp and searched her whole house until she had found that lost coin, and then she celebrated with her friends. And then as a third parable in, in, the, in this little series, Jesus tells about a man who had two sons. And we're going to pick it up in Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. 
Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. We see here a picture of a, a father who had two sons. The son asked for his share of the estate, and the father obliged, splitting it with him. Short time later, the son goes off and spends everything that his father had worked for, all, any wealth or whatever that he had given him, and squanders it in reckless living, um, probably sinful, not, a, not good financial decisions, and becomes in severe want. And I think that's relatable to a lot of us because we've all been given gifts from God, we've been given talents, we've been given abilities, and more often than not, we can look back on our lives and see that we have not used those for God's glory. We've not used those how He's attended. We've used them for ourselves, to gain a reputation for ourselves, to gain status, to gain money. But we see then that the younger son, he comes to his senses. He says that he comes to himself. He has a realization. He realizes that he wasn't born a slave. He was born a son. And back in his father's house, he would be considered a son had he not left. And that even if he went back, he would have it better off than he had it now. So he decides to return. And, and you just have to wonder, you know, as he's going home, he's got to be thinking, what's my father going to say to me? You know, he knows I left. He knows it was probably not a peaceable leaving. He probably grabbed his bags one night and, and just took off. And he doesn't know how his father's going to respond. And as he's making that journey back, he's just he's rehearsing his line, you know, just make me a slave, just make me a slave. But you see, when his father sees him, he's filled with compassion for him. Even though his son had lost everything that he had given him, his father wasn't willing to lose his son and make him a slave. He wanted to keep him as a son. And that's the very first kind of view we get into, into this father's heart. You know, we're talking about the king of the kingdom. His love for us, he's not willing to lose that relationship with us over just small things. He values the relationship he has with us. And as Pastor Cameron spoke last week, usually in parables, since they're teaching tools, um, there's a surprise. And there's, a, there's a, a, a situation or a line that you would see and make you kind of scratch your head. And for the Jews, it would be that when the son returns, the father loves him. In the law of Moses, we see in Deuteronomy 21, a son that was rebellious, that didn't obey his parents, and was an embarrassment or uh, lived in drunkenness and, and immorality, would be stoned. And so this son was deserving of death. He was not deserving, by the law, to be welcomed back even as a slave. But we see that the father does three things for his son. He calls the servants to give him a robe, to give him sandals, and to put a ring on his finger. And while these three things could mean a variety of, of different things, what, what I see in this is that a robe covers shame. It covers nakedness. It covers the dirty rags that this son was for sure wearing. And he says, like our father does to us when we repent to him, he takes away our guilt and our shame. And by putting sandals on his feet, 
that meant he wasn't a slave anymore. In Bible times, slaves went barefoot or sons wore sandals. He said, you won't be a slave, you'll be my son. And then he gave him a ring, which would mean value and commitment. He's essentially saying you're part of the family again. And this shows the Father's love. When we repent and we turn to Him, He doesn't just forgive us. He gives us more than we deserve. And He wants to invite us into a feast like this Father did His Son. He said, kill the fattened calf. We're going to feast and celebrate. So then we see in the second part of this parable, because He did have an older brother, we see how, how that played out. In verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So the older son's been out working for years. And uh, you wonder, maybe when he hears the music and dancing, he wonders, I wonder if they're celebrating me putting in overtime. You know? <laughs> is, this, is, this a, is this a surprise party for me? You know, I, I've, been, I've been here, I've been pulling twice my weight because my, my little brother took off. So he calls a servant over and... Uh, in verse 26, he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. The servant replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. So we see here, this son obviously does not understand what his father is doing. And well, the younger son was separated from the feast by being in a distant country and being a slave and squandering wealth, this son is separated from his father's love by a misunderstanding that he had to work for his father's approval. And I think that's very relatable to a lot of us, especially in, in church. We think of this life as we have to slave, we have to do the right things, you know, for sure don't sin, don't cuss, don't, you know, speed or, or whatever it is, you know, otherwise God won't bless you. And I was thinking of this just, just last night. I was uh, enjoying a little time in the deer stand and sitting there and I wasn't seeing any deer and, and uh I had the thought, I wonder if I'm not having success because I haven't been perfect today. And, you know, that might sound silly, but that's something you think about. You know, you don't, don't you think about that when you don't get a promotion at work? You know, I wonder if I had been a better husband or, or if, if uh, you know, your kids get, get uh, you know, into trouble or whatever. What if I had been a better parent? You know, was God punishing me by, by doing this? But what the Lord told me last night is, he said, Reuben, he said, I'm giving you every breath you're taking. I'm not withholding gifts. I'm not withholding deer. I'm not withholding success from you. Because I love you so much that even if you sin, every breath is a gift. So, you know, sometimes we get caught into that, you know, we're trying to work for approval. It's very relatable from this parable to us. But what does the Father say to him? He says in verse 31, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So the father reveals to the son what the relationship actually is. 
it's not a work equals approval relationship. The Father says, I'm always with you. You didn't have to be out in the field working late. Um, obviously, the younger son didn't have to stay home and try to be good. You know, the father's will was that he would always be with his sons. And then the father says, all I have is yours. Now, remember, in the beginning of the parable, the father had split the inheritance already. This older son would have actually gotten a double portion of the, of the inheritance. So he would have had twice as much as his, as, as his little brother. And he makes the, the claim, you know, I have not even received a young goat for a celebration. But we know he actually owned the farm. And he didn't realize that. He says, I've been slaving for you all these years, not realizing that he was actually working on his own farm. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that, where we think we're working for something to get from God, when God has really already given us so much. And the father said, all I have is yours. That would also mean that there was a robe for the older son, there were sandals for the older son, and there was a ring for the older son, if only he would just accept them like the younger son had. And the idea that the fattened calf had been killed for his younger brother, do you think that irritated him a little bit? I mean, he'd probably been, he'd probably been raising that calf. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was, you know, he was doing the chores every day for that. <laughs> but uh, the father says, all I have is yours. And, and that means that there wasn't less for the older son because he had given the younger son something. In the kingdom of God, he loves each one of us equally. And because he's showing goodness to one of us doesn't mean that he's neglecting the other. You know, he hadn't gotten bored with the older son. He still desired the relationship with him. He still had given him the inheritance. Just because he'd been obedient and been at the, at the farm or at home all the time didn't mean that he was tired of that relationship. So if you have lived your life in church, like I have, if if you've tried to do the right things, you know, you don't have a felony on your record or, you know, there's not a warrant out for your arrest. It doesn't mean that you don't get the same celebration from God as somebody who returns home that has been lost. So let's not forget that. Let's not forget that we still have an inheritance and let's, let's not forget to live that out. So, was it fair that the father gave the younger son special treatment after he had disgraced the family and squandered wealth? I think that's a valid question. You know, is that how we would parent our kids? I would probably say that's not the way I usually think. But it really depends on how you see that son. Was he a sinner or was he a son? If he was a sinner... He deserved to be stoned, like the law of Moses said. But if you see him as a son of the father, what father doesn't have a right to love his son? You know, I think sometimes we mistake our identity or we mistake the identity of people around us. I have a little story on this. There was about five years ago, I was uh, going to a small engine repair shop to pick up a chainsaw that had been fixed. And I made the mistake of going the back door instead of the front door. Well, that turned me from being a customer coming to pick up my chainsaw to a guy trying to create mischief and steal in the owner's eyes, even though that was not my intention. So 
I got kicked off his property, yelled at, and told never to come back. Um, it was a pretty, pretty riveting moment. <laughs> um, but just for the simple fact that he saw me as somebody that was there on bad intention, when really I was there on honest, on honest errand. And when we see ourselves as sinners or as unworthy, we're not seeing ourselves as God sees us because our true identity is a loved son. And when we see the people around us as mistakes, as messing up, when we see them as people that have made bad choices and that we for sure wouldn't love, we're not seeing them as God would see them because he still sees them as his perfect creation. So to answer the question, was the father right? Don't you think it would be more unjust for a father to turn his back on a son than it would for him to give him wealth? Don't you think it would be more unfair for God to reject his perfect creation that got corrupted by sin than it would be for him to love us even when we make mistakes? I think that's where the real injustice came, is when people put the identity of a sinner on someone that God wants to call a son. And this struck the heart of the Pharisees because all their life they had been tithing, fasting, wearing special clothes, not walking certain distances on the Sabbath to try to gain approval from God. But what he said is, you see these tax collectors and sinners as unworthy, but I see you all as my children and I want to feast with all of you. So I think that when we have that perspective, it gives us more forgiveness to the people around us. I think it should give us more forgiveness to ourselves when we realize how the Lord loves us. When we see him as as hosting a feast and desiring for us to enter that with him, that's his goal. His goal isn't for us to get everything right before we return home. So my, my guess is that most of us, when we read this parable, we either identify more with the younger son or the older son. We see ourselves either as, as someone that's made a lot of mistakes and wondering if God would take us back, or we see ourselves possibly more trying to do the right thing in our lives and wondering if we've been neglected. But Jesus' answer to both in this parable was, they're both equally desired to be at the feast. We know the younger son entered the feast with his father. We don't know about the older son. Did his pride keep him back? Would he refuse to go in where his younger son was, or his younger brother was receiving honor? We don't know. But we can make that choice ourselves to live in the fullness of the love that God has for us and not let um, pride get in the way. My guess is, though, that most of us are somewhere between the older son and the younger son. We probably have days where we stray a little bit, maybe not to a different country, you know, blowing our family fortunes. But my guess is that there are seasons and times that, that we all wander a little bit. And we know from in Romans, Paul says, all of, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So we know that at least you know, before, before we were in the sinner category, in the younger son category, But it really doesn't matter because all that matters is the Father's love. So wherever you find yourself, from prodigal to prideful, 
Remember, God's response isn't to judge, but to accept. And that should be our response to the people around us as well, and to ourselves. So, Pastor Mark's going to come up and, and close in a little bit of a response time to this, but I just really want to encourage all of us, let's not beat ourselves up for our mistakes, and let's not beat up other people for their mistakes. But everyone we encounter, let's invite them to the Father's Feast. Thank you.